0: Welcome to Premier Health Now On Air. Today we're talking about springing out of winter and into warmer weather, finally. So we have timely health tips straight from the source to help you make a smooth transition. We're glad you're along. I'm your moderator, Leslie Lane. With me today is Dr. Matthew Stone, a primary care physician with Middletown Family Practice. Thanks for joining us. Leslie, I'm glad to be here. Well, after a winter that just did not want to let go, we are so done with sitting inside. Give us one nice day, we'll be out for a nice long run, or digging in the garden for hours, and then, ouch! So we'll talk about that. And since I have already seen people out in shorts and flip-flops, it's not too soon to be thinking about sun safety and getting along with those biting insects that are out and about right alongside us. So if you're like a lot of folks, your skin has not seen sunlight for a long time except for your face and hands. So remind us, Dr. Stone, what damage can the sun's
1: rays do to unprotected skin? What's at work there? There's two different kinds of radiation if you think about it. There's ultraviolet A and ultraviolet B. I like to think of them all as just radiation. It's just damage. And so the more you expose yourself to radiation, the more damage you get.
0: So what time of day is the most problematic right now, and why is that?
1: So in Ohio right now, there's no danger because it's been cloudy forever. (laughs) Normally, it's between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., so kind of mid-afternoons when you want to be careful.
0: Does that window of time change as we get into summer?
1: kind of still stays in that kind of mid-afternoon, so I think you really want to focus on those prime time hours. Do I need to think about that time differently if I'm heading south for a beach break? Oh, definitely. The closer to the equator, the definitely more sun you get. And you have to think about reflected sun, too. When you're out on the lake, that reflected sun can be just as equally damaging, so you get it from two different ways, from the water and from the sky.
0: Is that also true of sand?
1: I've not seen as much of that with sand, but definitely we see it with the fishermen in the water.
0: Okay, because that bright white sand would seem yeah. to be very reflective.
1: I, you know, I don't know about the ultraviolet. I know it definitely reflects light. I don't know about radiation. That's a good question.
0: Oh, good point. Okay. Well, what kinds of, then,
1: protection do you recommend for us to enjoy the sun safely? So sunscreen's always going to be your best bet. And the best sunscreen is going to be lotion, not the spray stuff. That's not quite as good. It doesn't cover as well. And sunscreen, the thing we all remember is to put it on once. I think we all forget to put it on a second and third time. So every two to three hours, reapplying is what's really critical. And the problem with spraying, I love spray. What's
0: the problem really? Come on. You can't on.
1: quite control it, and the chemicals don't seem to go on as uniformly. So you don't get as good a coverage as if you're rubbing that lotion in.
0: Does the list of ingredients matter? Does it really make a difference?
1: Definitely, there's more science behind uh, products that contain titanium dioxide or zinc dioxide. Uh, Less for some of the other chemicals you'll see, like that oxybenzone or uh, oxytenoxate. And if there's other even crazier chemicals you can't pronounce, stick with the tried and true titanium oxide and zinc dioxide. There's what you want to go for. How about the numbers? So SPF, you know, they've got those water babies up to, I don't know, 150, 200. Right. You just need to stick with 30. So 30 is going to be plenty of blocks. All the sun you need, again, it's back to reapplication. The thing they've talked about is maybe higher numbers last longer. But if you just keep the 30 and keep reapplying, you're going to be fine.
0: Does it make a difference if my skin is darker or lighter when I'm considering sunscreen?
1: You definitely want to protect yourself from radiation no matter what your skin tone. We know darker skin doesn't get burned as often, but they still get the ultraviolet radiation. and still get the skin cancers. Do
0: you have any particular cautions for little ones? In the sun.
1: So, when we get to looking at skin cancer, there's really two different kinds. There's a kind from frequent burns when you're younger. That's that melanoma we hear about, the one that can spread through your body and is still a very real cause of cancer. And there's a locally growing cancer, the basal cells and the squamous cells. That's from chronic sun exposure. So, the little guys, we want to prevent those burns. When I was younger, they used to say, you go out and get your first burn, then you'll be fine the rest of the summer. And that's a terrible thing to do now. Don't do that. And younger skin needs to be protected. But older skin needs protected from those chronic sun exposures. You know, we just call them those leatherneck farmers. We've got to keep those guys from that chronic sun exposure.
0: Are there any warnings or concerns about sunscreen for the little ones? Can I use the same product I would use on myself on a toddler?
1: The lotions, absolutely. And you want to use those, again, as liberally as you use them on yourself. I think the aerosols, the the concern is whether they're going to inhale them. So we just don't want to spray all these aerosols around our children. But definitely lotions can be used on both adults and children. And the clothing is also very important to consider when you're blocking the sun. I've seen hats and even sunglasses on little kids. Exactly. So the hats are a big deal. Not just a baseball hat, but definitely want to get a hat that covers the sides of your head as well. That's a very important concept. We see a lot of skin cancer on the ears and the neck. We want to protect that as well. And sunglasses are coming with that UV protection now. and We want to make sure your eyes are protected in the future as we get older. That's when we want to protect all those eye diseases from that UV damage. Well, we are
0: not the only species that likes the warm weather. Higher temperatures wake up a lot of bugs. The biting kind like bees and hornets and wasps and those nasty mosquitoes and ticks and jiggers. So wasp stings hurt. The itch from chiggers can drive you crazy, but mosquitoes and ticks can do real damage because of other diseases they carry. What do you want us to be thinking about for protection as we head off to hike with the dog or send the kids to camp?
1: So the easiest thing to do is just prevent getting bitten, and it sounds kind of simple, but that's the best concept. Using some bug repellents would make the best sense, and you can use topical ones on your skin, and they can also use bug repellents on your clothing. My favorite bug repellent on your skin would be DEET. You want to stick with 30% or higher. Um, that's a very well-studied drug. It works very, very well. Sometimes stains your clothing. A different drug that's also very effective is picridin, And picridin is a product made by Sawyer. And picridin is a great product. Doesn't stain your clothes. And it's wonderful to protect ticks. And it's got a great long half-life, up to eight hours and sometimes even 12, depending on the product. You can treat your clothing for tick prevention as well. And there's a drug called primrethin. And primrethin is also made by Sawyer. You spray that on your clothing. Before you go out, it dries on your clothing, even stays through four or five washes. And it repels ticks and other mosquitoes from biting through your clothing. Anybody that's been in the woods for a long time knows that's a fabulous product. They use it worldwide on mosquito nets. So if you ever go someplace in the jungle, they've already sprayed your nets with this product. It's that well used.
0: I have a friend who already this season, she lives on wooded property in Indiana, has noticed ticks. The the big the big ones that you can see and the deer tick that you can't see. And the only reason she knows the deer tick are there is because her husband was bitten three times already and saw the bullseye rash. Wow. What about Yeah. What about ticks? Are you seeing
1: them, and what can we do? So thankfully, I have not seen any ticks yet in Ohio, but I'm sure they're there waiting to come back and do what they do. Uh, Again, that product I mentioned earlier, Primrethin, is a good product that repels ticks. If you read the literature, they tell you to tuck your pants inside your socks and wear tight sleeves, and those things are effective. But I think those chemicals that actually repel them are great. And just common sense, after you've been out in the woods hiking, just do a quick inspection. See if you can see those ticks. Typical household ticks have to be attached for up to three hours before they pass on a disease. So if you catch the tick before it attaches and stays on there too long, you're in great shape. You're right. Those deer ticks are small. They're hard to see. And by and large, prevention is the best you're going to do for those.
0: Well, when you think about it, maybe our biggest spring danger is us and what we do to ourselves. Because hardy athletes have likely been training all winter, but fair-weather athletes are just getting started now because, hey, the weather's finally decent. We get into trouble doing too much too soon, and that puts us in your office with overuse injuries. So where do fair-weather athletes go wrong with training and technique?
1: So I think it's a, a judgment issue. People overestimate their ability and underestimate what it's going to take to get that done. So moving all those stones from one side of the garden to the other all the bending and lifting required. You really want to start slow and kind of work your way into it. Maybe in half hour increments before you just go out there and decide to move three tons of gravel. I see that as being our biggest issue. Those weekend warriors that come out and try to tear it all up in one afternoon and it's a little bit too much than they can handle.
0: Do you have any particular prevention tips for gardeners who get in there and dig and it's all the hand
1: work, digging, digging, digging? Definitely. So, They're on their knees, so the first thing is to wear a good set of knee pads. I see a lot of knee issues from people who are not using good knee pads or proper protection. On your knees, you're bending over a lot, and I don't see that many adults who've been working on their flexibility. So definitely taking some time to work on some stretching before you do that would make a lot of sense. When it comes to digging, just using the right tool for the job. I see often people are trying to do things with the wrong tool, and they strain and struggle.
0: Ladders are also coming out now because of all the gunk in the gutter. Any uh, safety tips there?
1: Hire somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, on the ladder safety, if you're going to do that, you need to make sure the ladder is properly secured, both at the top and the bottom. And that means having a good secure footing for both ladder rungs on the bottom and then making sure the angle is proper. If you don't have the angle... Uh, steep enough, the ladder tends to fall away. And too steep, it tends to slide off. So you really want to look at the the ladder instructions. That's on the side of the ladder. If people take time to look at that, you can get good instructions there. So come that first really great day when you don't have to work, what will you be
0: doing outside?
1: We like to go hiking. My wife and I have made that our uh, empty nester activity. So we'll, we'll be heading out to Germantown Reserve. They have some great trails out there. Our favorite is a hike around the dam, uh, so you'll catch me out there with a pair of sticks and a good pair of boots on. And your tick prevention, I bet. Definitely going to be wearing Pickard and, uh, and for sure and permethrin on my clothing, you bet.
0: We have talked about the gardeners, and I wanted to just ask about the people who want to go out. And mostly what I can think of right now is running, but I bet the baseballers and softballers and golfers are all getting into the swing of things too. Any prevention ideas for them in terms of Being able to enjoy the whole season instead of being on the disabled list after their first outing?
1: Well, if you're actually playing, uh, take time to train and do it properly. There are so many great gyms and good trainers out there who can really help adults get in better shape. And I think we don't take advantage of those resources. So take advantage of those trainers and people who can help you get in shape before the season. Um, Waiting till mid-season to try to steal home may be a really bad plan if you've never run uh, 90 feet uh, from one base to another before, especially in a pair of cleats and taking that amazing leap you're hoping to do when you get there. For the rest of us athletes, I think it's just being consistent, doing what you can do, doing it well, but don't overdo it. Late in the season, we see a lot of dehydration. Uh, A lot of athletes forget to hydrate and hydrate enough in hot weather. So making sure you're staying hydrated means you can enjoy your sport a lot longer. Rule of thumb for hydration, what do you recommend? Generally, two bottles of water for every one bottle of Gatorade if you're talking about intake. And then I think if you just remember to keep on drinking as often as you can. If you wait till you're thirsty, you've waited too long. So you definitely don't want to wait. The most common first symptom of dehydration is a headache. So when people start getting a headache, they need to stop right away and just really focus on hydration.
0: Well, we hope that you, our listeners, make time to enjoy yourself outside now that it looks like spring has finally sprung, and use these tips to stay healthy so you can enjoy the summer, too. We thank our guest today, Dr. Matthew Stone, primary care physician with Middletown Family Practice. And if you want to know more, visit premierhealth.com slash We'll be back. We hope you will. I'm Leslie Lane, and thanks for joining us. Watch for our next edition of Premier Health Now on air.